a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Sources. Inside Sources, Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. Great to be with you today. And uh, we're going to dive right into our next topic. This is one that uh, I think is uh, underreported. It's, it's one we've been trying to uh, shine some light on. Uh, and that is the fact that there there's this fundamental idea emerging finally in this country that faith is, in fact, a dimension of diversity. Uh, and that is actually starting to catch on a little bit in the corporate space. Uh, so very pleased to be joined today by Dr. Brian Grimm. Uh, he is the founding president of the Religious Freedom and Business Foundation, leading scholar on the social economic impact of religious freedom, uh, and was part of a, a conference in Washington, D.C., uh, Thursday and Friday last week. Uh, Dr. Grimm, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be with you. So tell us just a, a little bit about, uh, I think this is a movement uh, and a, a significant one, uh, that more businesses are uh, starting to look at not just the different diversity programs, but looking at, at faith as a dimension of diversity. Absolutely. I'm going to mention uh, companies that scored on the top 10 of our Corporate Religious Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Index. And uh, there might be some surprises in there. Google, Intel, Tyson Foods, Target, American Airlines, Facebook, Apple, Dell, Goldman Sachs, and American Express. All these companies are visibly and uh, actively including faith and belief as part of their diversity and inclusion initiatives, uh, both at home and abroad. So, so tell us a little bit more about that index. What is it that you're actually looking for? How does that? Uh, how do you draw the lines in terms of uh, having space for for people of of all different faiths across the spectrum and of no faith at all uh, to uh, to engage that way uh, inside an organization? One of the biggest indicators of a company um, actually taking steps and including faith as part of their other diversity initiatives is if they have employee resource groups based either on um, faith in general, let's say an interfaith group like they have at Salesforce, uh, or if they have uh, faith-specific groups like they have at American Airlines and Texas Instruments. So you could have a Christian group, a Muslim group, a Jewish group, and and other types of groups like that. Uh, Or uh, yet another way is if they, uh, in their corporate programming, attend to the spiritual needs and other needs of their employees by having chaplains, such as Tyson Food does, having chaplains across the United States in their plants. Uh, they hire nearly 100 full-time chaplains to work uh, in their plants uh, in, in uh, cities large and small across the United States. 
Uh, so as you look at those uh, organizations, and a lot of those are kind of a who's who of successful companies across the country uh, and internationally, uh, what's the what's the real dollars and cents? It seems to be that this is making a difference for employees, uh, but is is it also making the businesses better? Well, first, when employees are happier and, and feel appreciated, uh, that's immediately good for the workplace. It's good for the bottom line because uh, employees that like their company, that are excited about coming to work and don't have to leave important parts of them at the door, uh, like faith, uh, they're going to they're gonna, uh, both be interested to work harder. They're going to network with team members better uh, because they're able to be their whole self um, so both in terms of retention and recruitment uh, and, and job morale, it's important. But then there's also another factor. Uh, it's uh, when the world is becoming more religious. So um, when I was at the Pew Research Center, we projected that the religious populations of the world globally will outgrow the non-religious populations by a factor of 23 to 1. So if you're a company and you want to do business, say, in India, uh, up and rising market, and you don't know anything about Hinduism or about faith in general, you're really at a disadvantage in trying to work in that market. Oh, that's uh, that's fascinating to think of it in, in those terms. If you're just joining us, we have Dr. Brian Grimm on the uh, line with us today. He is the founding president of the Religious Freedom and Business Foundation. Uh, just held a significant event in Washington, D.C. late last week. Uh, I wanted to to drill down with you just a little bit. Uh, you, you mentioned the the contribution that religion makes uh, to the U.S. economy. Again, good for business. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we uh, a few years ago we did a study uh, estimating the re- uh, contribution of faith to our society, religion to our society, and, and we estimated that every year one point two trillion dollars every year, and that's bigger than these big companies' annual revenues combined. Many of them combined. Uh, and that falls into three categories. One, what happens at the local congregation, whether it's uh, you know, whatever your faith is, whether it's a, a local uh, ward or a, a stake, a diocese, all of that is economic activity, building buildings, hiring people, um, providing uh, seminars, training, all of that contributes to our economy. The second are faith-based institutions like uh, BYU or Catholic University, where we held the uh, conference. Uh, these are faith-based initiatives that add to our economy. And then faith-inspired or faith-related business. Uh, so Walmart is a new uh, entry into this field of having faith-based uh, employee groups. Uh, but Walmart has a very long religious history coming out of evangelical Arkansas. Right. Uh, and uh, the, the faith was part and parcel of what uh, helped that company get up off the ground to become one of the world's premier uh, companies in our largest employer in the United States. Oh, fantastic. Uh, just uh, about a minute and a half left here, and, and I wanted to get to uh, kind of one final point uh, with you, Dr. Grimm, and that is uh, this: it, there is something about this idea of bringing your whole authentic self uh, to the workplace, that you don't have to leave it uh, at the church or at the mosque or in the synagogue or even at home, uh, that you can bring yourself there. And, and you've you've mentioned several times in, in recent days that you really feel like this this movement uh, of really having faith as a dimension of diversity is at a critical tipping point. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Walmart, uh, I already mentioned Walmart. So they've just come into this space and they, they've jumped in. They were at our conference. And they're, uh, you know, they're looking to be able to score well on this index next year. So it's 
something that companies are realizing this is a, not just a nice thing, but it's a business imperative, especially if you want to be competitive in today's tight job market. So I, I think once we get the, the largest employer in the United States saying this is important, um, many other companies take their cue from what uh, the name brands I mentioned at the beginning and other companies uh, do. And so I, I think that we've reached that tipping, tipping point where uh, the big companies have jumped in, and I think many will follow. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Grimm, we appreciate you joining us on uh, Inside Sources today. Great insights. And uh, where can people uh, get more information? Uh, the, at our at our website, you can find it at religiousfreedomandbusiness.org, religiousfreedomandbusiness.org, and you can look at the Ready Index. Uh, look for that. Okay, fantastic. Really appreciate your insight today. And again, I think this is so critical, uh, regardless of whether where you fall on the faith spectrum, uh, that faith as a dimension of diversity is critical in our businesses and it's critical in the public square. Uh, Dr. Grimm, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right. Uh, that's a fascinating discussion and uh, one we'll continue to monitor here on Inside Sources as uh, companies around the world really see that faith as a dimension of diversity, uh, making sure they create space for employees to bring their whole authentic self to work. All right. Time to step aside. Final break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the making of a new kind of political speech. Don't go anywhere. I'm Boyd Matheson. We'll be right back. If you're Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 